Welcome to Talking Not Renting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Talking to you from Staples Studio at Dorval Crossing. Sounds so professional. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. So you've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today the episode is The Adult. The Adult. The Adult. We'll have to be adult-ish today. We'll give it our best shot. Grown up. Grown yeah. up. We'll best have to shot. be grown up. Yeah. Best shot. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and we just had a really good conversation, but uh, there's a screen that comes down over the door of the podcast studio and I started pulling it down and it's broken. So we're not a hundred percent sure how we're going to get out of this place. This might be a very long podcast. A very long podcast, but I think everybody's gone, but I'm looking here. I think I've got two hours and 50 minutes on this SD card. So I don't know what we're going to do after that. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast number two. Podcast number two. So uh, Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We've both been managers for a big chunk of our careers. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee, then move on to the manager. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a really good discussion today. Yeah, I think it's another great topic. So, the adult. In dealing with your boss, you experience some or all of the following. When someone does something wrong, rather than deal with the person, it turns into a group thing with the person not really being dealt with at all. It's like scolding a group of kids. Your boss nitpicks little or inconsequential things or reminds you of little tasks consistently. These things are in your calendar and you haven't had any issues dealing with meeting deadlines or consistency. Conversations are like going to the principal's office. Your boss attends work in progress, breaking the routine and flow of the work. Your boss feels like they can interject whenever they feel like it in the work that the group does. Your boss can be paternalistic. You don't feel like your boss trusts you and that you can get the job done. So, Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, this is very interesting. You know, I I think we sometimes lose our heads or something when we get into leadership. Uh, And the whole idea of just treating people like adults, which is kind of the topic here, is such an important aspect. Realize that people have a brain. Uh, If you create the space for them to tap into and use all their experiences and gifts they can bring forward, it's going to be a much better thing. And yet we switch it to uh, almost like you said here, the principle that we treat our team members like uh, they're four-year-olds and sometimes four-year-olds are the most creative people. So maybe I should do two-year-olds or something, you know, where it's like, what are we afraid that we're going to have tantrums, which maybe we sometimes do, but this just destroys any chance of freedom, relationship. If someone's always over your shoulder and the example you've given here with regards to checking things and not dealing with things directly. It, it, it is like treating people like little kids. And uh, man, it's, it creates frustration, annoyance, uh, and eventually, like everything else, it exits through your organization. Yeah, I think uh, you've used the term manage the situation a couple times in recent podcasts. And if somebody is messing around, then just deal with them. Don't punish everybody. You know, everybody loses when you do that. Like rather than you going and dealing with the person and being a manager and dealing with the behavior or whatever it is, 
you know, you go out and you basically punish everybody instead. That's not managing the situation. That's avoiding the situation. And it causes problems on teams. Teams are, you know, they're interrelational, functional beings. And if you don't deal with the problem child, then it affects the whole team. And it, it isn't as effective. People maybe, you know, jump to other teams or whatever it is. But deal with problems. Don't punish everybody. And I, I've seen this from time to time within uh, my careers. And, you know, you get paid the box to deal with the problem, so deal with it. If you need help in terms of how am I going to deal with it, then reach out, whether it's to HR or to other managers or whatever it is, figure out how you're going to approach this and do a good job because people expect you to deal with things and not to treat everybody on the playground like a kid. Yeah, and this is a really complicated one because what what uh, are the – what's the history? What makes us respond in this way? I, I don't know, you know, like this, the example that you shared is very complex because is it fear, me not wanting to make anyone mad, therefore I don't deal with things? Not sure there because the complexity is that often if you're fearful, you don't deal with anything. But when you don't deal with anything, then it blows up and that usually results in you yelling at everybody. So I, I think it is, it's, it comes back to that level of confidence, um, that level of caring and caring being, you know, be direct, be honest. I mean, how many times have we talked in our podcast about avoiding things, about not being direct enough, about, about not giving people the space? It's just about treating people like adults, treating people like they are fully formed or able to learn and and make decisions for themselves let's just let's just make that big leap you hired them for a reason mhm mhm or you keep them around for a reason cuz it just gets mucky the less you do it the more mucky it's going to get and uh, and it'll slowly spin out of control and it's, and it's hard to get it back if you've created this kind of environment absolutely absolutely so let's get down to some common sense things that can help us deal with this situation. The first one, understand who you are and how you approach the things that you do. Yeah, so if you are someone who maybe, if, if your stomach is churning right now, because you know you, of the list that you provided, Alistair provided, there's at least three things that you've done. It is what it is. Um, but you all have a chance to shift. You can make the choice today to shift. And it begins with understanding, you know, where do you avoid? And we talked about this in a couple of podcasts ago. Where do you, where do you, what, what do you avoid? What gets your fire up that you might overreact? I was talking to someone today and he was, he was saying that uh, there are times when, uh, and he's a good, he's a good leader, but he said, there's still times when people don't move fast enough because he's a fast mover kind of guy that he feels the energy blowing up and then he'll kind of blow up in, in, in his way. And then he thinks, oh, shoot, and he can recover. But you can recover any way you want. But first of all, you've got to know who you are, admit what's getting in your way, and then begin the journey of making conscious choices to do something different. And a follow-up to that is understand your feelings around what is going on and the people who might be involved in it. I agree. Well, you know what's interesting? I was uh, reading an article today and it was defining emotion as energy in motion. E motion, energy in motion. And it is the thing. It starts with your feelings and what's going on and who are the people involved. And I think this is a really good point. Often in my coaching, I have people for a couple of weeks just track 
interactions and how you're feeling, where it's showing up in your stomach and your body. There's some great research that shows where certain things show up. Um, get those early warning signs, figure out the feelings and figure out who you are and who's impacting those feelings. And that's a good research point to start out with because then you start to show up, who am I showing up in what ways to, and what do I want to change? It starts to lay out your research for your shift plan. And are you helping any situation you attend to or not? Like if you're jumping in on everything because you're, you know, you're treating people like children that you don't trust that they're going to carry through and do things and follow the rules or whatever, are you helping when you jump into those situations? Well, you know, there's a great book that my wife, Josette, and I read early on with our kids. It was by it's called Kids Are Worth It by Barbara Coloroso, I think is her name. It was an amazing book. And her philosophy was uh, good parenting is about uh, unconditional love to begin with. I'm not sure how you translate that into the workplace, but let's say unconditional caring. Uh, and then secondly, the things that you are tough on are the things that could hurt the person physically or hurt someone psychologically, themselves or others psychologically. And if you as a leader say, okay, the things that I'm going to get involved in and I'm going to step in are the things that could physically create a major issue or maybe financially a major issue or psychologically a major issue, I'm going to step in. But everything else, I'm going to create space and support people to do what they do best. Funny how Barbara Colorado's uh, wisdom for kids could be applied equally in workplaces. That's cool. I think I've, I've actually, if I haven't read that book, I certainly know of it. Mm -hmm. So good, so good. And are you getting in the way of good people doing their jobs? Mm, yeah, you know, that's, and again, for me, it starts always with um, doing that study up front to understand, you know, when am I jumping in? And if you add to your research of, just being present, aware of others' reactions when you step in. And if you step in and people look at you weird or you can see their face drop or if you see them get more frustrated and those type of things, those are good things to indicate should I be involved or not. The other thing is having conversations with people and say, you know what, I recognize that I'm a little bit more of a detailed person. I love to dive deep. My intention is to help support if it is a good intention. However, I know I sometimes get in the way. So what's our signal going to be uh, getting in the way? And I think we've talked about this before. You know, use the soccer signal and give everybody a yellow card or a red card. So when, you know, to help you shift. So when you step in and you're, you know, you're not quite getting in the way, but they see you're getting in the way. If they hold up the yellow card, that's going to say, oh, okay, I'm not going to get involved here. Or I may be only going to give, here's the two thoughts I'm thinking, you decide what you want to do. Uh, I probably should save this story to the employee, but I think it fits in. I was in the police and we we're dealing with a dynamic situation and my boss was like all over me, just arrived. I went, listen, boss, you need to give me a minute. We're just getting the information together, figuring out what's going on. And then we can give you a quick briefing and then we'll, t we'll tell you what's going on. And he, he kind of looked at me, right? I said, I literally got here 30 seconds before you did. Went, oh, okay. So we backed up, talked to a couple other officers, talked to a, uh, a couple witnesses, and then we figured we realized what was going on. And it wasn't as bad as we thought. It was still serious. So I went to him and said, "This is what's going on. This is what we're doing. This is who we've called already. We're good to go." He went, "Oh, okay, thank you." But he was like all over me, like worried. You know, you're not going to handle this. You know, you, you guys sent me to this call because mm. you figure I can deal with it, and I could, along with the people that were there. 
And I had to actually give him the yellow card, you call it. And I say, listen, you need to give me a couple minutes just to sort this stuff out because we're, we're half baked. We just got here. And it worked out. It worked out well. It was actually good for our relationship too. A bit, bit of a pushback. Well, and that's really tough, you know. Not everybody can do that. And you have to really know each other. And almost every podcast we talk about the managers, the importance of managers knowing their people, but equally the employees know your manager. Know what the hot buttons are. Know what's important to them. Um, and often when people step in like this, it's because they're afraid. Uh, they're, they're worried about whether they – uh, have the have the uh, leadership capabilities? Maybe they're worried about the risk to their own role or the organization, all the way up to people that just are really excited to be involved and want to support and are just kind of misstepping in the wrong way. It could be anywhere along the line, but just really understand. And you know, probably when we get to the employee perspective, we'll talk about have a conversation like you did and say, hey, you know what? I I have a question. I'm a little confused. Um, you gave me responsibility for this a while back, and now I'm now now you're you're diving in and asking questions. It, it, can we just talk about you know what you want, what's most important for you, and and uh, I'd love to take this on and do it right. So having that conversation is really tough, but it starts with a leader recognizing in themselves when they're stepping in, and then to your point, I think the other lead is that when someone does say, hey throw up the yellow card or saying whatever thing, if you have declared it or haven't declared it, how do you respond? You know, don't overreact. Be curious, you know, be uh, um, uh, shift to wonder. Whoa, what's going on here? I need to, I need, that's a great opportunity for you as a leader. And I can appreciate maybe somebody younger in their career with not as much experience and you know, worried about next paychecks and stuff like that. I think it gets better as you get older and more confident in your abilities and stuff like that. And I mean, it's different for us at our age. You know, we would just say, hang on, hang on, what's going on here? Let's, let's have a conversation. Like, am I doing this or not? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, as you gain more confidence in what you do and, and you have a good relationship with your boss and you just go, hey, hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. Um. And I dropped this idea earlier, manage a problem. Don't make everyone else suffer. Just deal with it. It's what your job is. And if somebody is out of line, don't punish everybody else for it. Don't make some big, you know, there, there are times to say, listen, I just want to remind, uh, remind everybody about the rules and how we do things. That can happen, but you need to deal with that person. And then maybe later on reinforce the, the rules to the whole workplace because that's just good management. But deal with the problem. Everybody's going to know you dealt with it. And that's what they expect you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so often what happens is you you react to everyone and lower the productivity and the level of quality of the whole group just because you're going to the lowest denominator versus talking to that person who's not doing what they need to do, being clear in a respectful way and holding them accountable. Nothing gets people more frustrated than being uh, shrapnel of, uh, of, of poor performance management. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, a week later, whatever, when you reinforce the, the rules with everybody, everybody goes, oh, okay, I understand what this is all about. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. You have to trust people. If you can't trust someone, you have to deal with your feelings. Or if those feelings are supported by facts, you have to manage the situation. If you can't trust somebody and that's what's causing you to interfere and nitpick and all those things, you really got to deal with it. I mean, if it's just you, you have to work through this. If it's the person, if you have the wrong person in the job – that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. Then you got to make tough choice. Yeah. 
And don't be paternalistic. People don't like that. They really don't like it. Yeah, especially these days. I mean, the you know, the newer generations are really have a stronger voice uh, than we ever had even in, in our careers. You know, uh, I think the older folks, probably 40 and above, Xers and, and above, were more uh, acceptant of, uh, of being told what to do or, or not bringing their voices forward or whatever. But boy, oh boy, the millennials and the Zetters and the Youngers, uh, that man, it's, it's, they're not afraid. They're not afraid. And, it, and it's good. But as a leader, that means you're going to have a lot more pushback. And so it's not going to work. Um, you still have to be clear on what you do need and be focused, but you got to have be more fluid for sure. And we've kind of touched on this point uh, through a couple of the points, but I think we need to hit on it directly. You don't have to be in people's business all the time. Yeah, you know, we've talked on our podcast a number of times, the very famous situational leadership model, you know, which has the four buckets and uh, it's about will and skill. I was just talking to somebody today about this and, you know, this, this model has been around for a long time, but it's amazing how many people still are not aware of it. And it's pretty simple uh, and, and it doesn't cover everything, but if you think about um, who the person is, and so if I've got you and you're my staff member and you are really junior in the role uh, and you don't have the skills um, but might have a lot of will and excitement to kind of move forward, I may have to spend more time getting involved with you because it's important to give you guidance and going forward. You still want to, you know, step back as much as you can. But if you're someone who really has a lot of skill and is very independent, boy, stay away. Put some checkpoints in place just to see, you know, clear pathways for them to do what they want to do versus being a blocker in the pathway. And the next point actually picks up on a few of the things you just said. Deal with issues, get out of people's way, and support them as required. Newer member, less confident, doesn't have as much corporate knowledge. Maybe you do have to play a bigger role. Somebody more senior, you have some scheduled check-ins just to make sure, you know, there's deliverables whenever and just let them at it. It depends on the person, but that has to be a conscious choice. It has to be a choice based on facts. Yeah, and, you know, basing on facts starts with, okay, we've got this project, uh, I'd love to just understand what's your experience in managing through this and where where are the things you'd like to learn to make sure the success, the whole idea of us going forward with this project is understanding what where you're at, what you need in order to be super successful in the project. Let's have a conversation because sometimes you might assume that someone has no, doesn't have the experience and that as well, but by having that open dialogue at the beginning, really gets everything out on the table and then saying, okay, if, if we are going to give you the freedom to do it, what are the checkpoints look like? What does success look like? How do we know we're on track? And then what are the checkpoints we're going to be put in place? And that allows you to validate that what the person thinks is their strengths and their, their experience really is their experience and also give more space. So lay it up up front. How many times I think in every podcast we talk about having that upfront conversation, but really just opening it up and asking them to share, this is the project, this is what we need. Let's understand what support you need and what those check-ins are gonna look like. I bet you if you have that conversation, you'll have a lot less need to be involved. And it'll also give you comfort enough because you have those checkpoints to know that you're not kind of uh, letting it completely go without having some, some uh, um, frameworks of control. You are still the manager. Right. 
And look for someone to talk to if you're having issues with boundaries and behavior on your part. And uh, I imagine, Greg, you've had a lot of experience helping people out with this issue. Definitely. So coaches are, are great. Also, just having a partner. I mean, we've talked about a number of examples in this uh, podcast where identifying someone who you can trust, who you can share your journey of growth, who who participates in some of your meetings, who can give you some feedback. You know, picking up signals and uh, and um, or or just immediately following those meetings, saying, "Hey, when you did that, that's great. I see you making great traction against letting go. Fantastic." But when you did this. Uh, what, here's what I saw. And so you might want to consider this. So how do you have those informal mentor coaches or an external coach that can help you really stretch um, and shift? Because we're all stretchable and shiftable, um, but we have to understand it, own it, and choose to do something about it. And we ask this question, not every podcast, but a lot of podcasts. You and I sit here and we talk about things. Our, our conversations start from a certain genesis. But I'm going to ask the question again, who are you talking to as a manager? When you're trying to work out, you know, whatever issue it is, maybe it's this one, boundaries and, and second guessing people and being all over in their business. Who are you talking to, to, mm-hmm. to take this journey with? Mm-hmm. As employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. Number one, I wouldn't think I'd have to say this, Greg, but I think sometimes we just have to say it. You got to do your job. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. A lot of people sometimes like to complain about bosses and stuff, but the reality is you need to do your job. And, uh, if you're consistent and you're performing, if you have a problem, you bring it forward right away and you just, you're just a good, diligent employee because not, not everything goes right all the time. You just need to do your job. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about the trust formula, which is credibility, reliability, and relationship. As an employee, you have the opportunity to impact all of those. Uh, you know, credible is build that trust so your boss, even if your boss is someone whom is not confident, who is fearful of their job, and that's why they're always involved. The more that they see that you're credible, the more that you deliver what you say you're going to do, the more that you understand what they need and help them feel what they need to feel, the less they're going to get in your in your way. So you're right. Do your job, but also um, be proactive. And the second point, I think, feeds into what you've just been saying. Keep your boss up to date. Like if, if you're doing some an important role, they need to be up to date to know that you're doing things and uh, you might have a, a, an obstacle, there might be an issue, whatever it is, you know, if you have that, you know, regular update about what you're doing, it's going to be a much healthier relationship and it's probably going to be easier on your job. Yeah, we just ended the manager one to say, uh, have an upfront conversation. Well, if your manager isn't initiating that upfront conversation, he do, you can do it. doesn't mean you have to wait for them. You can say, hey, Alistair. I'm excited about being on this project. Um, here's what I'd like to do in order to support me in being successful in it. I'd love to have a monthly check-in uh, with you with regards to it. And then if there's an urgent thing, I'll send you an email with the title urgent uh, input required. How does that sound? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. You can do that. Nothing's stopping you from taking the ownership and going forward. And then just suggesting it and say, Alistair, does that work for you or is there better in – that would work, is there a better way that would work for you in a different manner, a different approach? Have that conversation, even if you don't have your manager, know your manager very well. It's a great proactive and also a calming, if I'm your manager, I'm going to say, whew, good stuff. I would love that as a manager, Greg. Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling or need support, reach out. You know, if there's an issue, you know, promptly go to your manager, say, hey, you know, as you said, urgent. 
uh, we've got an issue on this. This is what it is. I wanted to bring it to your attention. This is what we're contemplating and dealing with it. Uh, do you have any input, boss? Very healthy. Yeah, and you know, it's always finding a balance, right? You don't want to be the person who's running every second and saying that's it. But, uh, uh, you know, again, part of that upfront conversation could be, what are the kinds of things that you'd like me to bring to you? I, here's what I'm thinking. If I'm really up against something that I can't figure it out, uh, I'm going to jump up. Or if there's an urgent decision me needing be, to be made, I'm going to do that to you as well. So again, think of those things up front. What are the kinds of things you would consider the things that I need to reach out for and have support? Building that rapport at the beginning is so good. Now, you don't want to reach out all the time. Uh, or, or if you're finding you're, that you're really lacking in knowledge, and uh, then have a conversation with either your boss or, or a subject matter expert in the area and say, listen, I'm struggling with it. Here are the five things that I really want to get a clear, deeper understanding so I'm not having to come to you on a regular basis. Can we spend an extended period of time diving deep in this area? Just ground me so that I don't bug you because I don't want to bug you. And support one another. Uh, quite often, you know, on a team, maybe you get a solo uh, job to do. It doesn't mean that you're alone. And there might be times that you need to speak to somebody else on the team that has more experience or specific experience that you need, or maybe you just need to talk to somebody one day, you know, support one another in these things. And again, I know it's going to be like a broken record here, but at the beginning of a con early conversation, why not ask your boss, you know, who are the subject? Here's the things that I'm really solid on. And here's the things that I'm not as solid on. And uh, who would you recommend that I connect with? Or can you connect me to them? Just to introduce them so that I begin to build a relationship so that I can access that information. Because sometimes if you're new in the role or new in the department, you might not know who the experts are. So again, saying, hey, here's what I'm strong at, and here are the things that I have less experience. Who would you recommend, boss, is the expert in the area that I might want to reach out just to build a relationship and be have access to? And oh, by the way, can you uh, do the introduction? That's awesome. And meet inquiries about progress and the process directly and promptly. There are going to be times when your boss uh, maybe gets an inquiry from their boss, and they're going to need something right away. Hopefully this doesn't happen that often and, and messes up, you know, what's going on. But uh, get back to them right away and, and give them the progress report or whatever it is so that uh, they're not anxious that they can uh, speak to the people they need to speak to. Yeah, and if you've again outlined what are the measurements of success up front, you're probably going to have those at, close at hand. And uh, if you don't have it close at hand, then let them know. You know, because sometimes if you don't have them, you got to do the research. Doesn't mean you can't reach out and say, hey, Alistair, uh, I see that you're asking for this. Here's the context of what we're doing. Here's what I'm going to do. I'll have it to you by the end of the day. Is that soon enough um, to provide that information? So it's, it's, it is that keeping in touch. It's just if I know you're on it and I know you're making a priority, I'm going to be much more calm. And this kind of wraps up a whole bunch of the things we we're saying. Get to know your boss and what they need from you and the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. And have an honest conversation with your boss if they're in the way or being disruptive. It's a really hard thing to do, especially if maybe you're newer on the team or you're in a contract position or whatever it is. But it, it's, you know, if you can uh, garner the courage to do it, it's going to cause you a lot less grief in the long term. And I read something just recently that I loved, and it's called the unarguable communication. So what are the unarguable communi ways you can communicate to your boss? 
I feel, uh, I, I am thinking, is that correct? So the head, the heart, and I'm sensing, I'm really churny about this situation. Those are all things that are true and I don't understand. So if, if uh, as an example, if you got a boss that's coming in, jumping in all the time, say, you know what, uh, I, you know, Alistair, I'm, I'm really confused. Um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm focused. You asked me to go and do here and you, uh, pop in and ask these questions. And what, what that does is it sometimes creates a spin in me. I love to talk about how best, uh, I can understand what you need, how I can more proactively give you the information so that you don't have to jump in, um, and, and for me, it's just my style. I kind of spin and, and that doesn't make me as productive and won't move. So can we talk about that? So it's not about what you're doing, Alistair, to me. It's about the impact of when you jump in, I start to spin, and this is what goes on. So you can have that conversation. Be thoughtful about it. But again, think about the unarguable ways of communication are I feel, I think, I'm sensing. Those are great uh, ways of starting. Uh, um, I'm sensing that you um, might not have confidence in me. Um, oh, why do you think that? Well, the last three times after you gave me the instructions, you came in and double checked and asked me, is, is, is there something I'm doing that really maybe isn't, isn't showing up? Or maybe I'm just sensing it wrong. That's a great conversation because probably it will be, oh, no, 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 no. I just want to keep on top of things. I want to be there. Probably there isn't anything, but boy, oh boy, it helps you communicate that you, Alistair, jumping into my work every day is, is sending me the message that you might not have confidence in me. So again, using those words are helpful in having that conversation. I think that's the first time you've mentioned that in the podcast. I think that's really helpful. I I can't remember who did the research, but there's a ton of research on it, and it's it's a really it it opens the conversation versus closes it. And I really like the idea of using the evaluation process to dig down if there's any issues with the boss. So you know, it's one of those formal times, and you and I have discussed whether you should do yearly or. Uh, twice in a year or whatever it is. And I know you, you probably have another model that you would recommend people, but it's a great formal occasion if you've been dealing with a series of problems to really get down into, you know, if there are any issues and, and how the two of you are going to deal with it. Yeah. And, you know, my favorite one, I think it was one of my partners that created this maybe, and it is uh, uh, what what went well, even better if, is a great thing that you can establish as a leader, first of all, after a project and say, okay, with regards to me and how I support you, what went well, even better if. It's such a, it's a softer way of still getting to the truth of, uh, it, w- it would be even better if you, if we aligned to check-ins up front and you gave me more space to be able to really kind of get the, get the flow going. And seek outside help if you're having problems dealing with your boss. So whether that's a coach or somebody in HR or just somebody that you trust, that you uh, that have a lot of experience dealing with these things. Um, if you're having trouble, talking to somebody else is, is usually a good thing. It, it'll help deal with some of the anxiety and doubt, but maybe also help you to formulate a strategy moving forward to try to deal with some of these issues. Yeah, just what I would say is just be careful on who you're reaching out to because you don't want this to be a gossip thing. Oh, Alistair's driving me nuts. I need some help on figuring this dang thing out. Um, 
if it is a uh, you've had a conversation with Alistair and he's still jumping in and and uh, then you can have a conf- confidential conversation with someone in HR or or a, or a third party outside a coach to be able to say here here's what I want to think just be cautious around who you talk to and how many people you talk to but I think it's a great suggestion all right um wrap up yeah, be an adult, treat everybody like an adult. Uh, it's so easy, especially when we're under stress, to almost go back and become our grade one, our grade kindergarten teacher. It, it just happens. Um, we get fearful, so we want to control everything. Um, we, we, hold, we shove everything down, so we blow up at everybody. I mean, it's all around usually stress and emotion when most of us does this or lack of control or whatever that is. And it's just being aware of it, like with everything else, just uh, really reflect how am I impacting? What is the space that I'm creating for people more successful? Um, But how can I treat each person that I'm working with with the belief that they have the amazing capability to be the best they can be and do the best job. Um, you might still identify gaps and of skill and will, and then with that, leveraging tools like the Situational Leadership Model or some other things, coaching tools, is to how do I help them achieve the maximum potential that they they could have with the right space. But if your focus is on releasing potential versus um, uh, making sure the schoolyard is, uh, is uh, protected. That's the key thing. Uh, focus on care, on that, on that potential. I think for me, this, this, this conversation is in two camps. One, don't use collective punishment if you have a person that's causing some problems. Just manage the situation. Yes, in a week or two, you know, reinforce what the behavior should be you know, in the workplace, but um, don't use collective punishment. Like, deal with the issue. People don't like it. They, they want the problem dealt with and, and they want to go on and do their job. And th- they will appreciate in a couple of weeks if you reinforce, you know, code of conduct or whatever it is. But please deal with the problems that need to be dealt with. It's your job. And the other one is if you're a manager and, you know, you, you're anxious about something and you have feelings around something and you're, you're getting in the way and, and fiddling with the process and, and taking people off task, you got to really think about why that is. And, 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 and try to get down into that and, and figure it out and, and give people the space to do the job. You know, you pick them for a reason. Uh, maybe you even hired them for a reason, so let them do the job. And, and I guess the third point would be uh, as, as a, a person who, you know, employee, it, it's a tough spot sometimes, but it, it's so important that you have a great working relationship with your boss. And if every once in a while, you know, you have to have a really good conversation with them, then take take the opportunity. Hopefully you have a boss that you can have a good conversation. Say, listen, you need to give me some space. I need to get stuff done. You know, let's talk about when you need me to check in and, and what that looks like, you know, reporting cycle, whatever. But I, I need I need to be able to do what I do. I'm good at what I do and I'm, I want to do a good job for you. I just think we need to work out how we do this in a better way. And, uh, you know, everybody wins in the end. Yeah, I love that. Again, that's owning, and we say this in almost all of our podcasts, that ability to say, hey, 
boss, Alistair, when, when this happens, this is what I'm feeling. So this is what it makes me think. And, and this is what it makes me want to do. And, and, and that isn't as effective as I'd like to be. Those are, that's a great conversation because most leaders want to create the space of success because if you're successful, they're successful. And, uh, it's so valuable having those powerful conversations to create awareness of even in unintentional actions and words can uh, be impacting people's performance. Cool. Um, listen, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry, but Greg, your philosophy. Well, I think this one might be one that there are people that are churning out there. Um, cause I know there are times in my career where probably I was treating the folks that I work with, uh, like, uh, uh, kindergartners. Myself as well. And so uh, the whole philosophy is that uh, from my first coach, she said, in our sessions, there are going to be times when you're going to feel crunchy and you're, you're going to not feel good because we're going to touch on something that you know there's opportunity for growth or maybe you've faltered a little bit. And there's going to be other times when you're going to feel really good, joyful and, and like, man, I made some traction. And she always said, you know, both are good. They're just emotions that help you reflect, that help you learn, that help you grow. So we hope that in this podcast that you might have felt a little bit of twingy journey and a little bit of joy. Both are good. Reflect upon them, learn from them, and grow from them. That's awesome. Um, and I'm looking at the sticky. And this is the first time this uh, city or town has come up. It's Blaineville. Quebec, which I think is in the Montreal area. So, uh, Blaineville, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Hey, maybe one of these times I've been doing uh, my uh, duolingual and drops in uh, French. Um, no, I don't think I'm really prepared to do this in French yet. But uh, it would be great to be able to figure out uh, to have some of the conversations in uh, in in French, but uh, uh, maybe not. <laughs> How would I know what you're talking about? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, I love uh, learning languages, and we're going to be traveling through Montreal and Quebec uh, uh, in the summertime on the way to the East Coast, and we're going to spend a couple days in Quebec. And there's no better way than to just stay in the city. And uh, it's amazing how much you pick up from what you used to know. So we're preparing ourselves to have a uh, an immersive uh, trip into Quebec City. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Listen, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.